we should do our clap. Yeah. One, two, three. That felt right. Okay, that's all right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's usually comes out, even if it looks like it's not synced up, it's synced up on the audio. So oh, that's good. It was really helpful last time, except for the fact that the first two claps were totally out of sync. And I was yeah. trying to link them up. I'm like, no, 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 they're... They're red herring class. Yeah, yeah. To go to the last one, the last one. <laughs> They're red herring class. They're not um, real. I got a um, I got a red herring clap recently where I started getting a dull ache in my pelvis, and I was like, oh no, oh no, is it is it has it is it the clap has it changed to something else? And and then I um, because like for anyone that doesn't know this about me. I've had pelvic inflammatory disease before, which is great. And that's a, a evolution of the chlamydia virus. But um, I'd already done a sexual health test and they'd only told me that I was negative for HIV. Woo! But then they <laughs> never told me anything else. So I ended up calling them and was like, so what's going on? And I'm full expecting her to go, holy shit, how have we not called you? You've got SARS. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and she's like, no, you're fine. And I'm like, oh, okay. So is it just in my head? And she's like, probably. And then the dull ache left that day and never came back. So I think it was a red herring clap. It was just, uh, you should call them to check. Okay. She's not listening. Let's just make her feel like she's got chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> See, my doctor likes to, no matter what tests like I do, he likes to like get me an appointment after anyway to talk about it, but it freaks me out. Cause I'm like, well, that means I'm dying. It's like, no, it just means he's a good doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would freak out. I'd be like, why couldn't we have done this over a phone call, Craig? Oh, my friends and I watched the worst movie last night. It was so funny. I don't think it was supposed to be. <laughs> what was it? Are you going to name it? Was called, uh, it was called Karen. And it was meant to be a horror movie about um, a white racist lady who had black people move into her neighborhood and how she like terrorized them. But it was so, it was so confusing because there's moments where you're like, wow, that's really disturbing. That's really like genuinely shocking. I feel like that would really happen. And there's moments that were just so bizarre. You're like, what the fuck's going on? What is happening? Well, that is racism, isn't it? It's just like, oh shit, that's really scary. And what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We didn't know whether the main actress was like aware that she was supposed to be the bad guy or whether she thought she was playing a caricature of a bad guy. It was very strange. Yeah. That is strange. What kind of haircut did she have? Oh, full on Karen haircut, but it was clearly a wig. Oh, wow. What? So is this a bit of a low-budget film? Well, it had famous people in it. Ah, so it's not like it has the chick that plays Pensataki in Orange Is the New Black. Oh, cool! I don't know who that is, but cool. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just—it was very strange. It was, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about it, so I guess it worked in that sense. Well, you're not talking about it with exact, like you know, reverence. (laughs) No, it's not like. (laughs) It's not like Get Out where you're thinking about it for like days after and yeah. it like sticks with you. It's not like that. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's not a Jordan <laughs> Peele epic film. Like it's a, no, no. Like... And this is Weird As. Hell yeah. (laughs) So I'm so excited to, I don't even know what the subject matter is for today. Apparently I don't either because I saved on the wrong things. (laughs) (laughs) So we're both going in blind. Fantastic. Going in blind. Uh, First up, we're covering products designed for uh, originally designed as other purposes that are now got some sort of new purpose. And I covered two because um, one didn't really feel like enough, and three, when I got into the story of the second one, I couldn't fit a third one. (laughs) So two it is. Two's Um, enough. Two's enough. Before we uh, get started, I want to welcome everybody to Weird Ass. I'm Gabby. And I'm Anna. And we're fucking weird assholes. (laughs) Yes, we are. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, everyone. Welcome. So our first product that originally started as a different purpose Mm. uh, is going to be Listerine. Now, 
it's a bit of a different one because everyone kind of uses it at some point or another. So it's it it's also it's got a little bit of body horror attached. So just as a heads up. Oh. Um, yeah. Unintentional body horror, but I will just you know give everyone a bit of a warning. Unintentional body horror. That yeah. just sounds like every time I dry myself off after getting out of the pool. <laughs> just like seriously did i just get in a cozy around these people fucking our body horror oh i think oh. talking about how parts of your body get pruny that you didn't even know you could get oh pruny. that too i hate it well i mostly for me it's just my fingers but i haven't done a full investigation like who knows what's going on downstairs <laughs> i'm not interested in finding out but i one time at a pool got like one of the things I do when my fingers get waterlogged is I just start biting them because it actually feels oh. it feels good it feels like you're when getting rid of the waterlog start doing that it and it does make you look real weird at the public swimming pool <laughs> like I got questioned by a lifeguard whether I was okay I think he was trying to see if I was on drugs I was 15 <laughs> so I was not on drugs just randomly sitting at the side of the pool biting my fingers and then um, later on, he also accused me of uh, wearing a bra and undies to the pool. And I was like, this is a bikini. It was just an underwire bikini. What? Yeah, so he was a bit also, weird. that's none of his business. Yeah, exactly. Like, my stuff is covered. And it was a blue and white polka dot bikini with a frill along the edge of both the top of the undies part and the top of the bra part. So no one what, is wearing frilly underwear. Right. What happening. what kind of underwear is your girlfriend wearing, dude? Are you dating someone from like, I don't know, the 1920s? Like that's the only time <laughs> I can remember there being frilly underwear. Hey, he loves Dolores. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So oh, okay. Unintentional body horror. I'm excited. Let's discuss how Listerine came about. So Joseph Lawrence, an American chemist who was inspired by the work of fellow Joseph, Dr. Joseph Lister. Lister was well known for performing surgeries using antiseptic and cleaning his tools in carbolic acid. Carbolic acid? Yes. As a result, <laughs> his patients experienced less infections and better outcomes. American Joe just thought that was swell. And in 1879, named his new formula Listerine after his clean idol. Oh, could you see yourself inspiring some sort of product, Anna? Uh, yeah, it definitely wouldn't be anything to do with antiseptic. Um, <laughs> probably something that's more to do with how I accidentally maim or kill myself with a normal object and it then be needing to be redesigned because I found out how a normal chair could give you lacerations to your leg or something. And they're like, right, well, we've got to move as slow as our slowest member of the pack. And that's Anna Spark, who doesn't know how to use oh, a Oh, you're the reason chair. that there's uh, there's warnings on... Plastic bags? Like, do not, yeah, do not eat, do not eat this, like, yeah, but they dehydration don't... product. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, you know, when I, I drank too much water and I was worried that I was going to, you know, overhydrate. So I thought I should just eat one of those things and then that would dehydrate me. And then I was in hospital <laughs> for two weeks. So two weeks. I don't know. <laughs> oh, but yes, no, I have never put a plastic bag over my head, but I've definitely um, sipped coffee way too quickly um and done all those stupid things so yeah i'm sure there's probably there has there's probably already been changes made because of me i just have no idea sure i mean i feel like i would inspire some sort of new stepladder for short people <laughs> yeah i think that's just a stepladder well, mine would be like a bit razzle dazzled you know oh, yeah. be like something you'd be proud to have in your home like like a really nice stepladder because i'm too lazy to move it therefore design a step ladder i like that and also like the steps are slightly closer together to complement shorter legs <laughs> i don't want people to know i'm short despite having to get a staircase out every time i have to get cereal yeah from the i cupboard. think you've yeah yeah i think you've kind of shown your cards there i don't think that's something <laughs> like if you can't really hide that you're short <laughs> <laughs> the exact composition is a carefully guarded secret but we know it's alcohol based and contains eucalyptol methanol methane salate silate and thymol those oh. listening at home have never heard never tried listerine i would describe it as a spicy mint <laughs> it is definitely a spicy mint it's something you don't want to swallow and no but we love the ethanol you know i thought it was interesting finding out that alcoholics when they're recovering they have to go and get you know the alcohol free stuff version. yeah well, it doesn't like... burn apparently the the non-alcoholic stuff doesn't burn either oh well there you go yeah. But I kind of like the burn. 
it makes me feel like stuff stuff is getting killed when really it's just my own tissue (laughs) so now joe had his secret formula how was he going to market it to the masses as a surgical antiseptic this part is the part i warned you about Listerine was marketed as a bit of a cure-all for any type of infection, including gonorrhea. Don't Ooh. worry, it wasn't... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but don't worry, it wasn't used directly on the genitals. I, I was, was a little say. worried about that. Yeah, like <laughs> you don't even... a preventative even... measure. <laughs> yeah. Like, imagine, you know, qu- quickly swilling your mouth out with some Listerine and then giving someone head. Like, that's a terrible idea. That's pretty much what it was. So, oh it was God. a preventative measure that people did before oral sex. So, a recent study found that while gargling Listerine does not cure gonorrhea... The strategy actually, strategy actually decreased the present bacteria for about half of those infected. Well, so slap me and call me Sally. Just what? <laughs> <laughs> slap me and call me Sally because I'm going to start using Listerine before I give head to someone that I think has gonorrhea. Instead of no, stopping think, myself from... I think your from... mouth has gonorrhea. I think that's the idea. The person's mouth has gonorrhea. Oh, so it's before you kiss them. No, it's before you go down on them, but you don't want to give them gonorrhea with your dirty mouth. Oh, so oh, so it's if you, with your dirty mouth, your dirty <laughs> mouth with your. <laughs> okay, Sorry, well then I'll... I don't want to. I don't want to like be mean to people with nah, gonorrhea of the look, mouth. That's not fair. But... Look, but if we're coming it down to bringing it down to layman term, layman terms, layman, who's layman, layman <laughs> terms, you do that. You got a dirty mouth. If you've got gonorrhea yeah. in your mouth, you've got a dirty mouth. If you've got thrush in your mouth, you've got a dirty mouth. Yeah. Like, and well, I mouths, think they Mouths agree. are inherently dirty, to be fair. Yeah, true. Like, people, you know, we need to floss. That shit is fucked. I, yeah. I mean, I don't think, I, I don't know how I'd feel if, like, someone was about to go down on me and that you had to gargle this story. And I think I'd have to be like, <laughs> the, the mood would mind. be ruined. It's a little bit mind. like that, like, um contraception that you can get that's kind of just a thin plastic sheet that you put over the vagina before yeah and it's like uh you know what i'm not into it anymore um i understand that you have your own interests and and not interests um needs uh maybe they're a clean freak or something like that but i don't want a trash bag on my vagina so me and my (laughs) vagina will go elsewhere for our cunnilingus thank you very much yeah no yeah. yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing until like 10 years ago. And it was very strange. Fucked. Imagine, imagine, you know, you're getting down and then you just hear the crinkle of a plastic bag. And then and also push. logistically, that seems quite difficult because you've got mm-hmm. to use both hands to hold mm-hmm. it as like a dental dam. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, but you can't, you know, I don't yeah, want to get too graphic. Have you ever put a picnic rug over an area of grass that has an unknown hole in the middle of it? It, it, it does not work well for the flatness of the rug. And I feel like if you're doing stuff down there, what am I going to slowly absorb this plastic bag into my vagina like like a tissue box that's not working properly? Like, oh, no. <laughs> just not interested. There's so many levels where I'm like, no. You can put a condom on your tongue if you must. but That also seems kind of bonkers. I yeah. want them to choke to death. Yeah, or or again, a fucking condom gets sucked up into my vagina. It's just <laughs> none of it sounds bad. fun. You know what? I'm I'm gonna be abstinent. Fuck it. No, li- no, fuck it. <laughs> well, in 1881, Joe Law sells his sells his product to Lambert Pharmaceutical Company, who begin marketing it. And in 1895, Lambert and Co. change tact and start focusing on how Listerine kills germs in the mouth. By 1914, Listerine is sold as a prescription mouth germ killer. Germ killer is the term they use. Germ killer. Germ killer. (laughs) You're going to get gut. So it was prescription. Yeah, at that point it was prescription. Yeah, it's constant. It's always germ killer, isn't it? It's got to be a bit dramatic. Yeah, and they always have to say 99.9%. It's like, I get it that you have to, how did you even, you know, surely that's just 100%. But it no, they can't say they legally can't say 100 percent because nothing kills 100 percent of germs yeah yeah it's probably not even 99 it's probably more like no. 89 yeah probably yeah that doesn't sound as good <laughs> 89 percent of germs you've still got 11 percent pretty bad <laughs> yeah but this wouldn't be a capitalist success story without some good old-fashioned manipulative marketing so in 1920 listerine coined the term halitosis Thankfully for the poo breath affected, halitosis was very treatable by using the products in the same company who told you there was a problem in the first place. I found a fun little ad from 1928 that reads, No matter how charming you may be, or how fond of you your friends are, 
You cannot expect them to put up with halitosis, unpleasant breath, forever. They may be nice to you, but it is an effort. <laughs> See, I, I get that. Yeah, look, I had a maths teacher back in high school that had terrible breath um, mm. to the point where it kind of like it smelled like poo which um, I, okay. yeah. And I ended up telling my mum about it, who has a degree in human biology and she was a nurse for ages. And she was like, that's a sign of a problem in his gut. Yeah. Um, which gave me some empathy. He was a really sweet teacher, but it ended up actually motivating me to be better at maths because I didn't want to have to ask him because he'd come over and then lean next to me and start pointing stuff out. So, oh, okay. yeah, so I tried really hard to just understand it when he was doing the working out on the board so that I could just like. <laughs> I mean, there oh, you go. Halitosis yeah. makes you better at maths. Yeah, it motivated me. And he was he was really sweet. He never found love, but he still had his um, wooden pencil case that he made in year 10. And he was in his Aww. 40s or 50s. And we all really liked him. And we were like, this is really sad, but maybe it's because of your poo breath. Oh, no. Yeah. So, I hope he found love or at least was happy. Yeah, he seemed all right. I think he enjoyed his job. He really loved maths. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> maths was his love. His Aww. first and last. Did not understand, but bless him. Yeah. <laughs> I think doctors should bring it up. Like, you go in for your general checkup. Like, it shouldn't have to be something that a person, a friend brings up. Like, Yeah, I agree. Yeah, if it's that bad, mm. then yeah. Like it's, it's fixable, but I guess, yeah. yeah, people didn't really think of it as a problem until Listerine decided to make it a problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They flipped it. Everyone was being tolerant. And then a company comes out and goes, you can be cruel and buy them a bottle of Listerine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that <laughs> it's the Lynx Africa of presence in the 1920s. <laughs> yes, exactly. So Listerine also tried to market itself as a deodorant, a shaving cream and a lice treatment. But the public opinion was already swayed. Listerine was a mouthwash and only a mouthwash, though it wasn't from lack of trying. In the 1920s until the 1970s, Lambert and Co. did make claims that Listerine could be used to treat colds, but they were forced to stop making these claims by the FTC in 1976. So 50 years of saying whatever the fuck you want, not too bad. Yeah, you've, like, you've, you've yeah. gotten into people's minds after 50 years. There's yeah, people exactly. that will just believe that forever. I mean, my dad used to fully believe that vapor rub would cure a cold. It doesn't. <laughs> I think it just makes you feel a bit better. I more just have um, minced garlic and honey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I it mean, does. That just sounds delicious. It, I, I prefer, like, yeah, yeah. Well, I prefer um, cures that sound more like a witch told you it. Because oh, yeah, I like this. Like, yeah, it's like it's older. Like I saw this one where you put onions and, in plastic bags on your feet and put socks oh, yeah. over them. Um, yeah, yeah. You also yeah. like that one. Yeah, and people swear yeah. by it that it gets rid of kids' coughs overnight mm. and shit. And you don't have to leave the onions on them all night. Like, you you can just leave it on for an hour or two and then you take them off and, and it should be fine. But I've never tried that one. I've only tried the minced garlic one. But that's my goal for my next big flu. I'm going to try the onion socks. Oh, okay. I mean, my problem is I'm a bit of a flailer in my sleeve, so I just wake up with freaking onions everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like a nightmare like i am Why the roast my oh my like god a rose? Yeah. <laughs> you've just been dreaming that you're a turkey in a pan <laughs> there was also a short stint of listerine cigarettes in 1927 whose tagline was consider your throat oh my god so they were the first menthol cigarettes they were yeah wow or at that's least, a you know fact. they tried to be yeah yeah they they really burnt they would have they, with the oh ethanol god, in the bitch. you'd light the cigarette take one puff look down and it's down to the stub like you would it's got <laughs> ethanol in it like, that's a good point i did not even consider that <laughs> that's why like i hate the it. menthols now you get the little clicky ball and it's kind of oh, fun and like, love ooh. that two cigarettes in one <laughs> consider your throat's quite funny yeah consider consider your throat you can get throat cancer from cigarettes you fucking idiots listerine <laughs> jesus christ but but also on cigarettes when i used to smoke 
I hated smoking tailored cigarettes because mm. um, they don't wait for you. And I'm a big talker, right? So um, I'd light yeah. one, have a couple of puffs, and then I'd say whatever I was saying to the person, which apparently takes me about three minutes to finish. And then I'd look down and the whole cigarette's gone. So, But rollies would go out if you stopped inhaling from them and you might uh, have to relight them. So they were they were the patient cigarette. They were the ones yeah. that called me. They were like, we'll wait for you, sweetie. We'll wait right here. Because <laughs> yeah, no one can afford to just smoke a, like a, t- a quarter of a cigarette. That's bonkers. Exactly. Like, fucking hell. And you can make more out of a pouch. But anyway, I'm not promoting smoking. If anything, I'll promote You're Definitely vaping. not promoting Listerine cigarettes. Yeah, soak your cigarettes in Listerine, kids. <laughs> then you'll become an alcoholic and a smoko at the same time. But your breath will smell delightful. Delightful until you get tongue cancer. And then it's going to smell like... Pass. So, <laughs> this string cigarette sounds like something a teenager would try and do. Like no. I once got really drunk and tried to smoke an incense stick. I feel like it's a smaller vibe. There's not even a hole to smoke through. You're just putting a bit no. of wood in your mouth. It was really weird. I was, yeah, I was probably 17 and I was like, this is cool. This is a good idea. <laughs> I think I'd be drawn to Listerine cigarettes if I was a young, young thing smoking again. If they did the cigarettes in the paper was bright blue or bright green. Oh, oh yeah. Why has yeah. that not happened? Why have right? cigarettes... Let's not give them free money. Yeah. Yeah. Why aren't they making colourful pastel packs? Well, <laughs> like, I would be so into it if they did, like, a decor. No. Yeah. Like, just, oh, I like the lilac Winfields. <laughs> yeah. They match my Stanley Cup. Yeah. Oh. My God. Once they outlaw vaping, I think that's what they'll do It's make the cigarettes colourful. And I'll be like, right, they've got no me back in. Done it. I uh, know. Honestly, we're geniuses. We're ahead of our time. We're Can't dangerous. Take these ideas. TM, TM, twenty twenty four TM. <laughs> Matthew Smart products. <laughs> yeah, let's not get into cigarette marketing. Yeah, I think okay. I feel a bit bad. Yeah, fair enough. Me too. So I definitely get 19... addicted. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. It'd be the worst. Yeah. <laughs> So in 1955, Lambert merged with Warner Pharmaceutical Companies to become Warner Lambert. And in 2000, Lambert Warner was acquired by Pfizer, like everything else. So with the exception of the introduction of no no alcohol version and those weird dissolvable tongue mints, Listerine has remained largely the same as the company we know of them today. So Pfizer, Pfizer acquired them in what year? So Pfizer acquired them in 2000. Oh, okay, because I thought we were still in the, like, 70s or the 80s, and I was like, fucking hell, Pfizer's no, been around a goddamn, like, while. I know, we kind of jump forward to the 2000s. It hasn't been that much change. Yeah, fair enough. And I remember those little, like, tongue things. Do they still make them? Because I haven't seen them around anywhere. I don't know, man, because I saw someone do, like, a TikTok video on, like, joking around how he used to, like, pretend they were drugs and stuff. But I haven't actually seen them anywhere. Yeah, neither. But I did but they like were on them. their website, so I don't know. They must. Maybe they're just like in America now or something. Yeah, yeah, they're not Australian. Yeah. Available to Australian kids. Yeah, because <laughs> it's even the packet alone is a choking hazard. Let alone the actual. Oh, tab. the whole thing was whack. It was, yeah, they were very, and they burnt the fuck out of your mouth. Yeah. See, this is the thing. I kind of like that. I don't know why, but I like a cold burn. Oh, do you like Fisherman's Friends? Oh, I, I, I can't remember whether I've properly tried them or not, but I just oh, like I things that... Much. Yeah, I, I've heard of people saying, oh, you do them before. Like, everyone relates everything to blowjobs and head, basically. <laughs> but I've, I've never done it. I've, I, I, I've, I think it makes more sense to have a hot cup of tea before you do something like that. Make, make your mouth really hot. Not oh, make I it thought you were going to say, burn. it makes you nice and relaxed, like you're ready for bed. <laughs> yeah. I just like a little bit of warm milk before <laughs> I give out some pleasure to my partner and then I curl up in bed and I go, God, I am such a good person. <laughs> <laughs> so wholesome. Yeah, <laughs> very wholesome. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Walked into that one. I've come, uh, I've come up with a nice little slogan for Listerine if they want to use it. Please oh, good. That. So, Listerine, come for the halitosis, save for the spicy cigarettes and STD treatment. Yep. Well, look, it rolls off the tongue, quite like <laughs> halitosis. <laughs> oh, Listerine, no, I'm trying to think of my own little slogan, but 
Um, I've kind of thrown that on you, to be fair. Mine was pretty written. <laughs> I'd be, I'd just go with something simple. Cool as. Cool as. Oh, like, oh we're making them a... Maybe we should make our own mints. Weird cool as, as mints. Be cool as with weird as mints. What's the weird part? Is it full of S- LSD it, or... <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking they're just really good mints, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's chuck some acid in there i'm sure they won't oh mind God. that <laughs> imagine just being like oh yeah these are tasty these are great and going to work and just tripping yeah. balls yeah against someone's your like, will sees you just pop in a couple of mints of the thing and they're like how many cool as mints did you just take oh about four. <laughs> oh, good luck oh. well because like my mum like takes mints and stuff while she's driving to keep her awake after a long night shift Oh, well, this would keep her awake. One of them and just absolutely trip it. Yeah. She'd definitely crash, but she'd be awake for the whole thing. (laughs) Whether she wanted to be or not. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I watched um, a really cool documentary series on, um, it was called Enjoy Your Trip. It's, I believe, on Netflix. It's Mm. got Nick Offerman as the host, and then they're interviewing. Yeah, they're interviewing loads of like comedians, actors. They even interview like Sting and Sarah Silverman and stuff about their psychedelic experiences. And then they marry it with animation that's done really well to kind of like create what these people said they could see. I think I've seen a bit of this, you know. It's such a good, and it's it's not a series, it's just one documentary, which I love, because then it's like just a movie, you know? Yeah. Um, But one of them, I remember the guy was saying that he got into his car and then instead of driving, he went ahead to drive and he looked ahead and the road just bent at a right angle and the lines started coming up in front of him and above him and he realised he couldn't drive because the road was at a right angle. He's like, well, that's physically, I'm not going to be able to drive, so I'll just have to walk home. So it's like, thank God. That, I mean, that, it's a very good thing. <laughs> yeah, the acid just went, no, here, oh. this is why. Like something out of Inception, you know, when they curl oh the things. Yeah, insane. No, I've never done acid. I, I don't trust my own brain. Look, if you don't feel, yeah, if you don't feel confident, the main, I think with psychedelics, it's uh, very much about how you filter yourself. So Mm. if you are a rather unfiltered person and your ego is kind of on show all the time anyway, then the, the acid, the psychedelics, they won't, they, they'll, you'll be more, uh, how am I going to say this? It's it's the, okay. So the the guy at the party that's in the fetal position, cradling himself, is often yeah. when sober the guy that thinks he's top shit. Oh, and, okay. Well, I'm not that person. No, you're not that person. But if you don't feel confident about it, going in with anxiety is going to not help. You're not that person. But this is one of the ways that like I've noticed at the many different acid trips I've had is that the ones that freak out are are heavily filtering themselves in the normal life with bravado oh. and all that and acid oh, and shrooms melt that away and go you are oh. one of the world and you are the world is one of you and da 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 and it's like, like oh no. god no <laughs> oh god i have so many emotions to process <laughs> oh no no i'm very much i i put my emotions on my sleeve a lot of the time yeah so it's not the sort of thing that you drop acid and then watch a true crime documentary no no that's how you yeah you wake up with like your you convince yourself that you've committed the murder or something <laughs> like my mum uh oh well I've just said my mum anyway but whatever she did she cut told it out that, if you want nah nah she's the one that's gonna freak out about it but I think it's fine she uh did acid a couple of times when she was in her 20s as we all mm. do you know well not all of us but most of us and um <laughs> she she was at this apartment in London and for some reason she didn't understand why but falling towards the kitchen and she's like oh my god gravity's not working properly and the guy's actually really creeped out by it she doesn't understand why she just thinks she can't sit up straight properly until finally she's kind of coming out of the acid a bit and he tells her the reason why he gets such cheap rent on this apartment is a guy was murdered in the kitchen and then he showed her a stain in the hallway that is blood that they can't get out he was stabbed first in the hallway tried to escape into his apartment the guy followed him in and finished the job in the kitchen and so mum's on acid falling towards the kitchen constantly falling towards the kitchen that's is, terrifying yeah right i'm glad he told her after she was like coming out of it yeah that would have been horrifying <laughs> right like i'm like maybe the acid was like get, giving you a psychic ability a little bit more uh like a thinning of the veil you know yeah. and 
Thank God she didn't let the rolling continue all the way because who knows where she would have fallen. Wild. <laughs> yeah. I, I too find myself drawn to the kitchen, but mostly because I'm hungry. <laughs> because you've murdered so many sangers in that kitchen. <laughs> it's been crimes committed, but it's crimes against good taste. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> crimes against our diet. <laughs> oh. So we've we've had a good talk about like you know what's good for your throat. So I thought I'd move on to a more edible product. So what's your go to breakfast, Anna? At the moment, well, I love Just Right cereal. Mm. It's it's just perfect. Um, and I have that with peach, tomatoes, yogurt, and milk, uh, oat milk, and then peach and tomatoes. Oh, sorry, not tomatoes. I'm looking at a tomato tree out in my backyard. Oh, strawberries. <laughs> They're also oh red. God. <laughs> oh, God, the acid's starting to kick in. <laughs> strawberries, strawberries. No, tomatoes is only for Saturdays. Um, so, but yeah, no, um, that, uh, but I also do a mean English fry up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but that's more if I'm, you know, got people over and it's, and yeah, but I, I love, I love doing a, a English fry up with, um, garlic butter for both the mushrooms and the eggs. And the trick I do is I make the garlic butter the night before. So I melt a load um, of butter and I cut up garlic, um, yum. chives and stuff, yeah. chuck that in. Yeah. So that's. That's my specialty. Um, I, yeah, my dad, he, he, he makes a better fry up than me, but that's where I learned it from. How about you? Uh, well, my boring go-to is just a protein shake because I don't want to get out of bed any earlier than I have to. Oh, um, but I do enough. love a fry up. I'll do like, mm. a, like a bacon burger. Get my fake oh, bacon, yeah. get some eggs, make them nice and runny, get some nice. Swiss cheese, get some nice. hollandaise. Fuck yeah. So, yeah. so what kind of bacon do you get because the bacon that I've, I've tried two different brands from when I lived with veggies and I I, do, I personally don't actually like real bacon anyway oh. so <laughs> so that might be part of it but I like I'm okay I'll eat bacon if it's on my plate but I won't be like oh can I you know what I'm craving right now bacon yeah, like that go to like thing yeah exactly but is your bacon good bacon like do you know what I mean uh, it's okay I like the one there was one in the UK that was available at Aldi that was really nice um, oh that's better <laughs> and I, I can't get that here so I'm just shit out of luck that's so annoying does it travel yeah. well could like next time I'm in England because no, could... it's cold oh yeah so that's yeah. not it's not like freeze-dried or anything yeah so if I don't have any bacon on it it's just cheese and egg like that's that's cool that's fine too yeah that's yummy yeah just cheddar like cheese and egg I just use Swiss cheese because I love myself from Charlesburg. Oh, yes. That's a step up. Like, yeah. cheddar's always the first step and it's like, yeah, okay, you've got cheese there. But once you start getting some names in there, some Jarlsberg, some Swiss, oi, 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 now we're cooking with gas, you know? Now I'm going to be hungry. I haven't eaten lunch yet because I had, like, a late breakfast. So I'm like, <laughs> hmm, I'm going to have some eggs up. <laughs> yes, you are, girl, <laughs> with some Swiss cheese. We have chickens here as well, so they're really fresh eggs. Oh, fuck, yeah, that's yeah. healthy. Yeah. The freest of range. Funniest thing, when we were sorting the sheep out, um, the shearer was like shearing the sheep and one chicken on the other side, because it's like we had to put them into like the chicken's yard usually. So the chickens are in there in coops. They couldn't get hurt or anything. But this okay. one chicken was screaming its fucking head off the entire <laughs> It's like, get away from us! One you can't off. shear us! It's like, no one's shearing you. Have you, have you named any like, of the chickens? You shut can you shut these fuckers up, please? Yeah, like, fucking hell, they're trying to make it their day. We're the ones getting tortured over here. Well, not tortured, but just manhandled. Yeah. Um, but, like, have you named... How many chickens are we talking? We've got six. Six. Have you named any of them? They may have names, but I don't know what they are. You just see them as... Uh, no, you're a veggie. I was going to say, you just see them as food. <laughs> no, they're not food. They're not food, but I think I think they have names. I think they have, like, you know, Henny and Penny and stuff. Henny um, and Penny. <laughs> And Jenny and Kenny. Jenny. <laughs> no, we have Kenny that's a dog, so we can't. <laughs> <laughs> and Lenny. They're, they're very cute little things. They're very well looked after, very loved. Oh. They're very oh, friendly good. as well. That's so cute. Oh, I love that. Oh, I, I would love to have chickens, but Fitzroy is not the suburb for chicken yeah, raising. And also, you've got a cat. It's probably not great. Honestly, yeah. It's just I'm asking to see my beloved cat become a serial killer and my beloved chickens become chalk outlines in my backyard <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not great not great yeah 
Feathers everywhere though. Made a good down uh, down doona out of it. That was good. Oh, you should have seen some of the sheep. Some of the wool we got off these sheep. It was dense. Oh yeah, good yeah, quality. One of them we called Bob Marley. Oh no, they're kind of scraggly because they've just got oh. dirty. <laughs> but <laughs> one of them we called Bob Marley because it was so thick. Oh really? Such good old Marley. And we're Hell worried because yes. it was a really hot day yesterday that he'd just die out of spite the day before the shearer came. <laughs> well, at least the wool's still good. Oh, yeah, we chucked it in the fire. There's no point keeping it. We oh. have to process it then. It's not worth it. Oh, right. So you just keep yeah. sheep for what then? Just grazing? Oh, they're meat. They're meat sheep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Some lamb. Yeah. Nice. Well, not nice are, for them. But. The ones that are going to get sent off have already been marked with the blue mark of death. God. <laughs> Oh my god. So that's what that means. I thought that was a way of counting them. It is sometimes. You can use them for whatever way you want. But like sometimes mm. we mark them like boy girls. Sometimes we mark them like going to stay, going to die. Sometimes we <laughs> mark them because we've like, you know, given them their injections and their drenched and stuff. You can you can use whatever you want, but yeah, at the moment it's the boy means death. Do you ever just tag them for fun? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, not really, because they don't love being having people near them so i'd love to just write on one hi i'm a sheep <laughs> bah. Bah. <laughs> <laughs> just just for funsies just for fun mm. just do some cool designs on them yeah my god some stars <laughs> but you could make it a theme so when it's like hanukkah you could do the five point star oh, like the star david yeah I for think christmas you, i think you're thinking they're much friendlier than they are <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna like get them into fine, a type but they're definitely not gonna stand still god that's that's the challenge for me as an artist though isn't it a moving <laughs> True. canvas True. how's your cardio because you're gonna be running <laughs> yeah yeah my exhibition i'm like there with a six pack and like biceps and stuff and i'm like yeah did a lot of wrestling for this but here's the canvas and it's just a woolly wall of jackson pollock-esque sprays where i'm like this was meant to be a flower but it ran away at that point <laughs> it's more arty that way I mean, yeah, mum's I like, like oh, the Shearer's arms were huge. I'm like, yeah, he tackles giant, reluctant mammals every day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. They are. I don't yeah. want to be grabbed. <laughs> oh, he's a dangerous man. <laughs> Thank God he's a good one. Carry on, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So today we're going to talk about a breakfast staple, its produce beginnings, and it's a tale of family feuds and sanitariums. So, in 1894, Dr. John Harvey Kellogg was running the Battle Creek Sanitarium in Michigan. At the time, it was common for most working-class men to enjoy a sturdy breakfast of, that was heavy in meat, and as a result, it was not unusual for people to suffer from indigestion. But this was in stark contrast to what Dr. Kellogg's seven-day Adventist views, and he believed that the body, soul, and spirit should form one inseparable entity. He doesn't need to tell us that our body and spirit should fuse one entity. It was, it came out that way. That is what <laughs> it is. That's why I reckon when people get heart transplants and stuff, they can adapt um, little interests and habits from the person before. It's, oh. yeah, it's all, we're all intrinsically, you know, it's not my body and my spirit and my mind. No, that's all fucking same shit. <laughs> um, and I do know a bit of this Kellogg's guy, so I won't, I won't spoil it for anyone listening that doesn't know, but I'll let, I'll let you tell the story. But this guy was, uh, let's just say, a bit of a wanker, right? A bit of a wanker. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Dr. Kellogg fought against what he saw as an overindulgence. Patients at his sanitarium were encouraged to eat bland, simple foods with no sugar and little to no meat. Dr. Kellogg encouraged his patients to undergo biological living and exercise regularly in order to avoid committing cardinal sins. It's important to know that a sanitarium is for optimal health. It's a spa. It's not like a mental health facility. And it was oh. a very popular one. Yeah, so it's, it's, you've got to kind of envision the right thing here. Okay. So people went there to be bored and hungry and annoyed and frustrated. Yeah, people went there to poop better. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> people went there to poop better. What a, what a tagline for an advertisement for a health lifestyle retreat you won't find gaia but you will find poop <laughs> i just put fiber supplement in my juice every morning and that's that, that does would me blow fine. his damn mind yeah or i or i get like you know really stressed and, and then that seems to work <laughs> sometimes well, it works the opposite way <laughs> i mean that's the thing and it's like he's doing it's a whole kind of overthrow of your lifestyle really mm. you can't like so you're supposed to become like a well-oiled machine yeah right my my uncle has this um 
he's said to me emphatically so many times, like I haven't heard him say it before. Your ship could, should come out in one solid motion. It should all be connected and it should look like a bit of a torpedo or whatever. And I'm like, why are your, what did your uncle want to talk about shit so much? He's a, he's a bit of a health nut. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, well, let's get back to Kellogg's. <laughs> oh, dear Lord, I've shown way too many of my cards today. Chlamydia, shitting problems. She's a catch. But despite its cruel tendencies, such celebrities as Amelia Earhart, Thomas Edison, and Henry Ford all received treatments at the Battle Creek Sanitarium. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Don't they all have conspiracy theories connected to them? Let's see. Amelia Earhart definitely does. Thomas Edison. Mm. I don't know about Thomas Edison. No, or Henry probably Ford. Not. I, Amelia no, Earhart definitely does. Yeah. We can make ones up for the other two. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So, so she went there to poop better. Um, yeah. Yeah, because you don't want to be constipated when you're flying a plane. That's fair yeah, enough. Yeah, that just makes sense. That is fair. Yeah. Henry Ford. He invented the factory line. So he seems like a man that appreciates, like, clockwork action. Yes, I'm assuming yeah. He's... that also extends to his pooping. Yeah, he goes in and he's like, look, this week I'm usually a 9 a.m. kind of kind of guy. It's been 9.02, 9.05, 9.07. I'm not happy with it, Kellogg's. I'm not happy. <laughs> It just feels like the sort of thing a rich person would do, like a rich Waldo person. You've got too much time on your hands. It's yeah. like, I'm going to go hang out in a spa. And yeah. Just or or yeah. Or they're so constipated that they're like, time is money. And I've wasted $157 doing this shit. So oh, I see. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> either, either or, either side of the, you know, and you could be pooping too much. Who knows? But maybe it was also just kind of, um, I guess if everyone's regular and... You know, there's, it's a calm, bland institute. There might be something calming about it, I guess, but... Possibly. I mean, it's it's pretty... Like, I was going to say it's stress-free, but that is not true. So no. I'm about to go into reasons why it's not stress-free. No, I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so, if a boring breakfast is as bad as you thought it got, you'd be wrong. Kellogg's advocated for circumcision without anesthesia for boys, carbolic acid to be applied to girls, all of which was with the goal to curb masturbatory practices. No, no, no. What did they apply to boys? Uh, they they did circumcision without anesthesia. Ah! And carbolic acid was applied to girls. Ah! Yeah, oh, yeah. oh my imaginary penis horrors. and my, my real vulva are both very unhappy right now. He <laughs> <laughs> also recommended cold baths, enemas, and electroshock therapy, all without the aid of coffee, spices, or soft drink because they were considered poisons. Well, you know, when I have an enema, the first thing I want is some coffee and some spices. I just, I just, I, if you're going to electrocute me, at least give me a soft drink. Even if it's just, yeah, even if it's just laminated, like I'm not even that fussed. Just something. Yeah. Yeah. Like a bad time. Yeah. And can I ask, do you know much about carbolic acid? Can you tell me? It keeps is coming gonna... up, doesn't it? Yeah. So what is carbolic acid? It's one of the oldest antiseptic agents. Ah, oh, okay. okay. It's apparently used to prevent snake infestation. Well, oh, well, I guess it's got many uses. Okay, incredible. It doesn't feel like anything you should be putting on your skin. Or your genitals, yeah, the thinnest skin you have. So cornflakes were said to be created by accident. When corn dough was left out, it fermented, but rather than throw the dough away, it was rolled into thin sheets and cooked. The result was a thin, crispy flake. Though the original version of cornflakes was vastly more simple than what we have today. It was just cornmeal, flour, and oats. But Dr. John Kellogg liked it in all its bland glory and believed it fulfilled the important task of aiding indigestion. But his brother William had bigger plans. The brothers sold over 113,000 or 51,000 kilograms of cereal out of the sanitarium in one year. I will say, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Like, it's hard to visualize what that looks like. Yeah. Are people coming to the sanitarium to buy their cereal or well, is it, it getting mostly, delivered? Well, it was mostly like um, patients or ex-patients of the sanitarium. Ah, like um, a gift shop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was like people that already were kind of connected to the sanitarium anyway because it was quite a big facility. Yeah, right. And they're like, God, you've solved my pooping problem. Thank you so much. Can I please have some bland gruel for the road? I want to keep up the good work. <laughs> And can I get a calendar of all of the healthiest poos that we've had this year? (laughs) It's the same as people that eat muesli bars for fun. I'm just like, but why? What's wrong with you? Yeah, I only do that when I feel like I'm going to faint. 
oh god you're the worst it's almost as bad as <laughs> how loud popcorn can be but i if i did a if i had a sanitarium that was about getting people regularly pooping yeah. my gift shop would not be all about the cereal that they ate it would be yeah like a poop calendar or you know a poop diary or i mean that um, might have also been a thing but it was less successful i'd have a stress ball that looked like a healthy shit that you could (laughs) have definitely didn't exist (laughs) (laughs) and then i've got i've got a poop stool which is like oh yeah like a squatty potty yeah, I, it's yeah. just one of those foldable step stools that you can get from a $2 shop. But it, great. it's great. Like, honestly, you really should be bringing your knees up because if people think about it, when we were shitting in the woods where we started our pooping journey. We were? Um, what do you mean? We, I'm doing that now. Oh, oh, yeah. No, you can still continue to do it if you want to. Um, it depends whether you own the land or not, though. I guess con- <laughs> no, considering... I like going to my neighbor's yard. <laughs> Fair enough, you know. Let's and... know what's up. Yeah, and if you know how to time how to cut your poop properly, you could make it look like a dog poop as long as you can like waddle really quickly <laughs> no, to like no, five no. meters away and finish it knows. off. I need him to know. <laughs> I need him to know. So you put a little flag on it. Gabby Matthews was here. <laughs> Got you, you fucker. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll tell people a little poop trick. Um, if you ever need to do a bush poop, I got told, well, I didn't get told this, but I learnt this from a indigenous bush ranger mm. where he says, um, what you do is you go out and you do it to, to have a flyless poop. You go out and you do a decoy poop. You do one little nugget and then you, you pull your pants up a little bit and you waddle about 10 meters away from where that nugget was dropped. And then you do your real poop and all the flies in the local area will go to the first nugget and they'll leave you in peace. Yeah. And I trust anything that comes out of a First Nations person, especially those that are like living out in the bush and doing their own thing and stuff. Well, I'm sure he has a house and he takes people for tours of the bush, but he knows (laughs) that land better than I do. So if he's going to tell me how to poop there, I'm going to listen. How do we always end up talking about poop so much? Um, Because we were at a sanitarium with like poop cereal. Oh, yeah. I've got to stop covering things that are related to poop. Look, you can stop covering them. I'll still manage to find a way to bring it back. (laughs) I got a weird asshole. What can I say? (laughs) So I will say that it was mostly William's efforts because he basically was his brother's errand boy for his entire young adult life. So he regularly worked 80 to 120 hour weeks to keep up with his revered brother's demands. And despite being considered the less intelligent of the two, William was the one who envisioned the commercial success of cornflakes. He experimented with the addition of sugar and salt and created the cornflakes we know and love today. Or at least the cornflakes we pick out at the buffet if we haven't paid for the pot food option. (laughs) Yeah. Even then, I'm like, I'll just go toast. Um, Oh, no, you can't have toast. There's no hot food option. Oh, fuck. Toast is for people that pay extra money. Oh, God. Where are you staying? Jesus. Some bleak places. Yeah, at a sanitarium. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's mad. I'm also, because we keep on saying the word sanitarium, you know how that's the owning brand of Wheat Bix? Yes, I've literally got the next bit about this. Oh, okay. That was all I wanted to ask and be like, is this connected? So please. a little bit connected. So Kellogg's Conflicts weren't the only place to get their start at Battle Creek Sanitarium popular Australian food brand, Sanitarium, were actually created by co-founder of the Seven-Day Adventist Church, Ellen White, and her son, Willie. When I first became vegetarian, they were the only veggie sausages available, and they still own Up and Go and Wheat Bix today. There you go. So yeah. everything's connected in the cereal it's all world. So they moved over to Australia and created this food brand. Yeah. Did they ever actually open a sanitarium? I don't think so. No, it's just just, a lifestyle choice. It was just the lifestyle choice of the Seven Day Avengers. It was made popular. Fair enough. What and what? How many wheat bix do you have? If you have wheat bix, I don't even eat wheat bix. Ah, see, that was my breakfast of choice in high school, and I had you. You won't believe this. I used to have on a on a good day, I would have six. On a bad day, I would have ten. Damn, that's a lot of wheat bakes. I know. I had a very, I had a specific bowl that I liked using because it was the only one that could fit it all. And I would put. It was them... a mixing bowl, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Mum's like, I'm trying to bake, and I'm like, well, I need my cereal. Um, 
So I would put them thin side facing up, not yeah. fat side. And yeah. I would drizzle honey on each of the thin sides so the honey would go in. Uh-huh. And then you've got to soak each of them in milk as you pour the milk. You can't just pour it in. You've okay. got to go like... So you're just milk. You're not doing the hot water mash thing. No, God, no. I'm not a heathen. <laughs> I'm just a really big growing girl. Constantly growing. Got to 30. Won't stop. <laughs> just just in a different direction now. <laughs> oh, no. So could you imagine yourself eating 10 wheat picks now? Um, Probably not. No, I did get more, way more ravenous back then. But I'd also get like growing pains. Yeah, I'd have to put heat packs on my knees in the afternoon. Yeah. For anyone that doesn't know, I'm six foot one, which isn't actually that tall in the tall realm. So amongst tall people, I'm seen as like, okay, height, And then amongst average people, I'm seen as like a giant until I'm next to another. You're like literally a giant. Yeah. I I can't see. What is it? You're like, I'll lead the way. I seem to collect short people as my close friends as well. Like I've only got a few friends that are of like average height, like a five ten, five eight, or whatever. And then most of my friends are around the five foot four mark. And I got a photo of um, I went out with my mate Takea, who's also about five foot four, um, and we were walking in the city, and her fiance took a photo of us from behind and I was like oh my god Tooks I didn't know you were best mates with a drag queen because literally I'm not neither one of us are wearing heels and I am a f- like it looks like a meter taller than her in the way that the photo was taken it's insane my best friend hey. in primary school was like really tall she was almost six foot tall as a 12 year old Oh yeah, and I there feel was obviously her. me who was probably the same height because I haven't grown <laughs> in a very long time. Yeah. So it was just us being the weirdest best friend you've ever seen. <laughs> it's perfect. It's it's great for games. You've you've got people that can play both both kind of I don't know what I'm saying, but you know how AFL has all the different body types and stuff. It feels like it's a good balance to be a tall and a short person. You've got people that have got the ground covered, I've got the sky covered, we've got each other's backs. I d I don't know about AFL, but I believe you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so finally, I keep saying so and then jumping in, so I'm gonna stop, stop doing that. So 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 so. Remy Lasso Dati, what is it? Remy Lasso Latino. That's it. I started it with so and it threw me. <laughs> <laughs> Can't start in the middle. Finally, after working for John for 25 years, in 1906, at the age of 46, William made his move to get out of the shadow of his Puritan older brother. I've seen a lot of episodes of Snapped that end very differently to this, but rather than kill his brother, William offered to buy a half of their cereal business, bit by bit. As someone thoroughly uninterested in making bank, John agreed. William founded the Battle Creek Toast Cornflake Company. What is it with old-timey names? They're so long. (laughs) Yeah. I also find it funny that John, the brother, is, is the one that cares about all of the action that happens on the John. And William the brother is the, is going to be the brother that cares about whatever happens to the willy. <laughs> oh, he's about, I, was, I thought you were going to say he's all about them bills. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That's even better. That's, that's great. <laughs> Actually named brothers. So William would find success in his daring ad campaigns. Most notably, he promoted Wednesdays as Wink Day. If a housewife winked at her grocer on Wednesday, she'd receive a free sample of cornflakes. The launch of Rice Krispies and all brand followed. And loads of marriages disintegrated. <laughs> and housewives started affairs with their local graces. <laughs> yeah. Well, when a man's got that much food, they become very attractive. <laughs> so despite agreeing to the deal, I did it again, see? Despite agreeing to the deal, John hated the fact that he was the inventor of cornflakes as well and wasn't getting enough credit and that William's cornflakes bared the name Kellogg and he began his own rival company. So it took John just three years after his brother's emancipation to snap and found the Kellogg's Toasted Cornflake Company. Uh Aha. Yeah. (laughs) So in 1910, Will retaliated by requesting an injunction and they went to court. So even after the settlement was reached, the two continued to battle it out in the Cornflakes Coliseum. One would release new cereal and the other would copy them and vice versa. In 1917, the two brothers found themselves back in court. This time, however, an agreement would not be reached. A judge found that William was entitled to all the money that John had made from selling cereal over the last 10 years. And despite John's appeal, the decision stood. <gasps> all the money he'd made over 10 years? Yep. That's gone. 
Yeah. That's like, oh my God. Uh, Cause you know, I'm, I know that he wasn't living paycheck to paycheck, but I am. So if someone said <laughs> you owe all the money that you've earned over the past year, I'd be like, um, I only have $227. <laughs> I don't I, understand. Can we do what a payment do you plan for the next 10 years? Yeah. Can I give you $2 a year until the day I die? <laughs> <laughs> well, also the oh. sanitarium was starting to get less popular at this point. It had moved to a smaller site over the road. Mm, they so, just got an outback dunny now. <laughs> just one just a drop toilet. <laughs> that's, um, that's, it's sad that they couldn't just, you know, come together. Yeah. And come it gets together. sadder. Oh, no. Oh, God, hit me. But don't feel sorry for John, okay? John would die no. at Battle Creek in December 1943, age 91, and upon his death left his fortune to the Race Betterment Foundation. Oh, good on him. No. I, well, no. No, not no. good on him. No. Sorry, I was just thinking, you know, okay, my okay, I, my brain went 12 different ways. When you said don't feel sorry for John, I went, in my head, I was like, yeah, a guy from the 20th century, white dude, don't feel sorry for him. And then you said he dies, and then I was like, ah, oh, well, death is always a bit, you know, I, you know, I went to two funerals on Thursday, like, <laughs> my, my, the, and they were both for old men. So my brain immediately went, ah, oh, that's sad. And, and then you should bring up. thing for old men, you support and love them. Yes, I support and love it for anyone that, for more clarification, just to make sure that people don't think I fetishize old men, um, because I am a support worker and some of my clients may or may not be old men. So, um, But uh, it's more that my grandfather died when I was four and my other grandfather died when my dad died, when my dad, when ugh, not when my dad died, touch wood, um, it, yeah, when, when my dad was a nine-year-old. So I never had my own old man. So when I was a kid, you know, yeah. but... So there was an essence of, oh, that's a bit sad, and that it went to a charity. But now I remember which podcast I'm on and what your story you're telling me, and I realise I shouldn't have gone down any of those rabbit holes that my brain took me down. <laughs> so he left it to the Race Betterment Foundation. Oh, I thought you just said the Betterman Foundation. No. Like, let's make better men. Oh, no. but they actually, they were thinking they were making better men, but they were wrong. Yeah, so he supported the foundation throughout his life and spearheaded the creation of a eugenics registry. Okay, I take everything I said back. (laughs) Fuck this guy. Oh my God, what a piece of shit. (laughs) Fuck it out. So no, not the better men say. (laughs) (laughs) Let's make men better. If only, if only. Um, No, it's the worst men foundation. Yeah, it's, 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 it's real bad. Yeah. Oh, eugenics. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, yeah. The two brothers oh, really saw now. each other. Sorry, what was that? I said I'm depressed now. Oh, Carry depressed. on. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't apologize. That's just the, the nature of the beast. <laughs> yeah, any interaction with me tends to end in depression. So. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know I meant you by the beast? <laughs> the two brothers really saw each other and never did mend their broken relationship. Despite being besting his older brother, creating a reputation as a generous philanthropist and being the first to offer cereal box prizes, William was not a content man. He was described as hostile and paranoid. William was married twice and had five children, but by the time he died in October 1951, only two of his children were alive. His own grandson described his death as a relief. Oh my God. Well, that's a bit sad. Um, stop thinking it's sad, Anna. They're all shit people. Um, the, I, know, was... I do feel a little sorry for William. I do. You do? Like okay. Him. Okay. Yeah. Direct my emotions, please, because I always <laughs> assume that they're incorrect. Okay. Um, I'm going to feel bad for this guy, but not for the other guy. <laughs> but not for that one. But, um, yeah, look. Oh, that's a bit... Yeah. So he lost three kids over the course of his life. I can mm. imagine that would be fairly depressing no matter how many free toys you chuck in those boxes knowing that you're bringing such joy to children at breakfast tables it just makes you think of the joy that you didn't get to witness in your own children damn that's deep <laughs> sorry <laughs> damn <laughs> i shouldn't laugh but i'm like yeah god yeah <laughs> feel things i'll make you feel things <laughs> yeah <laughs> What William didn't know is that near the end of his life, John had written Will an emotional letter seeking to reconcile with his estranged brother. John wrote, I earnestly desire to make amends for any wrong or injustice of any sort I have done to you. I am sure that you are right as regards to the food business. Your better balanced judgment has doubtless saved you from a vast number of mistakes of the sort I have made and allowed you to achieve magnificent success. 
of which generations to come will owe you gratitude. And that was John to William. And that was John to William. Oh. But John's secretary decided not to deliver the letter as she felt it made her boss look weak. Oh my God. Sorry. Look, Sandra, that's not your job. That's not your job. Your job is to take memos and make sure the in and out mailboxes are properly organized. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. like this is what happens up. when we let women have jobs. Uh, right, exactly. This is why I, every job interview I ever get, I go, look, don't hire me. I, I'm a woman that will morally. I don't want to be t- here. I don't want to be here. I want to be on Centrelink. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be inherently wealthy. Yeah, that's, there you go. That's the goals. I always set my goals wrong. (laughs) Why did I go to Centrelink when I could have gone to the lotto? (laughs) (laughs) Um, What, like, so how did any, do you, well, I don't know. This is a bit of an obscure question, but do you know how anyone found out that she chose not to send it? Well, he would eventually get the letter. Oh, okay, good. And that's how. That's how I feel. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. okay. Well, at least he got to read it eventually, but I'm assuming maybe after John's death or something? Yeah. yeah. Oh, five that's years, a real Five shame. years later. So John was long dead at that point. Oh, and John would have, like, gone, oh, well, fuck you then. I sent you a nice letter and you never replied to me. Yeah. I'm going to take it out on other races. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> God. Oh, God. Sandra, look what you did. You made eugenics worse, if that was even possible. God damn it, Sandra. God, sorry to any Sandras. Um, just that was the first name. <laughs> no, that that's popped the into name. My... You got to pick a name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so by this stage that William received the letter, John was long dead and he was blind and had to have the letter read out to him. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So Did, uh, uh, William's legacy was secured, but John's attempt to mend the rift between himself and William would come too late. But hopefully, less people got themselves off. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. Look, masturbation, you really, just to save yourself from rheumatoid rheumatoid arthritis, just, just, you know, back off the masturbation. No, I think everyone should have a wank once a day. It's good for the brain. Um, It's good for the blood flow. It's good for creativity. It's good to pass time. True. These are all the things I say to myself to convince myself to do it because my meds completely delete any form of sex drive whatsoever. Well, I personally, as a someone protest against John's racism, I am going to personally make sure that every time I eat cornflakes, I get myself off. That is yeah. my promise. Yeah. I'm going to do it with a cornflakes box under my ass. <laughs> It'd be so crunchy sounding and weird. The you neighbors will be she... like, God, she eats so much cereal. Yeah, God, what is going on over there? It sounds like she's just so walking loudly. on fucking bran all day. Yeah, I. <laughs> that is, you know, it's it's a sad tale of two brothers, but fuck, it's more of a sad tale of loads of people feeling guilty after wanking. And like even in the world today where we know it's completely fine and part of the natural actions that people do, you still feel guilty I don't know whether that's to do with like the hormones or whatever the fuck goes on but like you know afterwards there is a sense of oh god what did I just do to myself like oh really I feel nothing ah well that's your standard emotional (laughs) level isn't (laughs) it yeah that's true (laughs) (laughs) that's why you're shitting in your neighbor's garden you don't feel anything (laughs) 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 oh but oh well May they rest in peace and I hope that they find out, you know, I don't know, I was going to say, if they're going up to heaven and God watches everything, they're going to see that the world still wanks. Oh, yeah, that's going to be really weird for them. I mean, I don't yeah. I feel like the stories I have in hell, John ain't getting in heaven. Let's, <laughs> let's get that sorted out. We'll have the demons on it straight away. <laughs> Double-headed Kellogg's dildo inspires the devil. (laughs) Yes. Oh my god. Like if there's anyone to inspire, (laughs) it's him. I don't feel like he needs it though. You know, if we're gonna, I feel like creativity is kind of it's been sold to us as as he's the creative one in terms of torture. Yeah. Well, he was. He. You know, he's not even. Um. He's not even a bad guy. He just never got to write a book. Which is really like everybody has an autobiography. Do we really need another one? I know, but the devil's one would be good. Does he still get a ghostwriter? <laughs> yes, well, he'd have to, isn't he? <laughs> the only writers he has available to him are ghostwriters now. 
like Oscar Wilde, Ernest Hemingway. He's got a good selection. Why would they be in hell? Actually, Ernest Hemingway, well, I could say. Yeah, and Oscar Wilde's gay. That's why I want to go to hell. But you know, that's actually a sin. Oh no, neither do I. But it's what they do. But at the same time, even in the Bible, like I haven't read it cover to cover. It's not actually that interesting. Um, But uh, I've been told by people who do know that hell isn't even featured in it. Hell was more an idea that we created outside of the actual writing of the Bible. Um, There is a devil. Hell is like a fanfic. Yeah, it's a spin-off. Huh. Yeah, and it's very much influenced by Dante's Inferno? what's it called? Yes. It's like the imagery and stuff. Yeah. So that who was that written by? That wasn't written that by was, a saint. That was Dante. I don't know. Oh, it's just no, Dante. It's no, it's not. He's, he's like Cher. He doesn't have a last name. It's just Dante. <laughs> no, I can't remember who wrote Dante. <laughs> <laughs> But, oh, well, well, fascinating. It's fascinating stuff. When you were reading the research and all that and all of it's obviously saying over and over, he said, don't masturbate, he said, don't masturbate. Did it end up making you want to have a wank? Mm, there are very few things that don't make me want to have a wank. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, should should we tell them about the the photo you accidentally oh, sent? Oh God, this? I told my mum this story, and she's like, "That's that's bad. That's workplace harassment." I'm like, "No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not like you sending a video of using it. Like you using it. Like what? Okay, Your mum. So oh, that's funny. Um, but I sent a picture of me wearing like a, a dress to a work colleague, not realizing that my sex toy was in the picture. And my work colleague has not noticed yet. And I think I'm just never going to mention it again. Well, to be fair, if she listens to this, I'm so sorry. <laughs> She's not. <laughs> That's how I know whether she actually listens. She's like, oh yeah, every episode, I'm a liar. <laughs> well, thank you so much for educating me, Gabby. You're it's so... been weird. It's, it always is. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go do a shit in my neighbor's front yard now. You've inspired me. Oh, thank you. Go for it. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.